Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome back to A Better Way podcast. Today we're super excited to be joined by Helen Peterson, founder and owner of Peterson Virtual Assistant. Helen not only helps business owners level up in their email marketing and product launches, but she also mentors other women on how to start their own virtual assistant business through her VA bootcamp and mastermind programs. Helen is mom to two-year-old Emery, so she knows firsthand what it takes to juggle a business and kids. Let's dive into today's episode. So Helen, thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you that are listening, I'm so excited to introduce Helen Peterson to you. Um, I actually was talking to Danielle about her because Helen is the whole reason that I started my entrepreneurial journey. I took her V8 bootcamp last July, and here I am today being able to have quit my full-time job. Um, But she's had quite the interesting journey and has had a lot of success um, that she's worked really hard for. but she's doing amazing things both in her business and for other women. And so I'm excited to have her on today's podcast. So welcome, Helen. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and just to talk all things entrepreneurship and mom life and whatever else you guys want to talk about. Yeah. So something that's interesting, I think, Helen, about your the work that you do is you started out as a virtual assistant. Um, you And you did that my understanding is I know you have a two-year-old daughter at home, Emery, and you wanted to be able to have more time home with her. Um, But as you built your own virtual assistant business, you then kind of spun off and created a whole nother entrepreneurial pursuit of helping other women be able to build their own business at home. So not only providing services to business owners, but then helping other women do the same. And so I know that from knowing you and knowing your story, it took you a little bit to get to this point where you kind of found this business opportunity that really fit you and your lifestyle and your skills. So I just wanted to open it up by letting the audience know a little bit about your journey and the different uh, business pursuits you had that led you to this. Yeah, gosh. um, I still think of myself as like super young, but then when I think about all the things that have happened in the last like eight, nine years. I feel like there's been a lot. (laughs) I'm like, maybe I'm not as young as I think that I am. But, um, I, so I've always had like an entrepreneurship type of spirit. Um, my parents are actually, they immigrated from Russia. Um, when my mom was pregnant with me and I am the youngest of four and my parents came to the States with literally like not even a penny in their pocket they kind of um, escaped the craziness of Russia in the early 1990s and um, started a whole new life in the States. And they, my dad worked as a Pizza Hut delivery driver <laughs> for years. And we lived in like a one bedroom apartment with the six of us um, in Sacramento, California until I was three. And then um, my parents visited San Diego and they loved like the ocean and they told themselves we're going to do everything we can to move here and provide a better life for our family and be able to enjoy like where we live. Um, 
So they actually started their own pizza place um, when I was in elementary school. And that was like the family business for about 15 years. They um, created an income, you know, making pizzas. (laughs) My dad and my brother were the main delivery drivers. Um, And then my mom and my sisters and I actually worked a lot like in the actual kitchen. I know how to make a perfect pizza. (laughs) And it was kind of crazy. Like looking back now, I can't imagine like living that life all over again, but, um, we, it brought our family really close together, of course. Um, and then also it just made me like so motivated to create the life that I want. I saw my parents do that and granted they, you know, didn't have like the biggest income, but they were able to provide for us. And, um, all four of us ended up going to college, which my sister was actually the first one out of like our entire family history to get a college degree, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like, you know, a crazy upbringing, very, um, first generation American kind of, you know, typical story. And I think like when I graduated college, I actually really wanted to go to PA school. And this is like for anyone who is like, Oh, I want to start a business, but I literally, the thing I want to do has nothing to do with what I went to school for. It has nothing to do with any experience that I've had. Um, I graduated with the plan to go to PA school to be an ortho physician assistant. And, um, I ended up working as a, like a personal trainer and also like a physical therapy aide to get the hours to go to PA school and like the clinical hours. And through that, I actually ended up starting like an online blog, which honestly, I think like total out of like years of doing it, I made like $2,000. Like I barely made any money with my fitness blog. I tried creating a bunch of eBooks, like nutrition plans, all this stuff, like nothing really sold. Um, but it did provide me with like a lot of background on how to start an online business. And I also made a lot of really cool connections. Um, and so it really is about like the journey and just getting started with something because as an online personal trainer to now like a marketing, you know, and virtual assistant specialist, like I just, it has nothing to do with what I went to school for. It has nothing to do with like how my entrepreneurship journey started, but, um, it all led me to here. So yeah, Courtney, like you said, I, now I have a few clients on retainer that I do regular, um, like email marketing work for some admin work for, and then I also do big projects for, course strategy launches. So anyone who wants to create an online course in like Kajabi, um, specifically, I really help them with their launch strategy. And then lastly, I have VA bootcamp that teaches other women how to start their VA business from home. And that's kind of like, I don't want to say a side project. It's almost like a passion project. Um, now my income is probably split 50, 50 between, you know, everything going on. But that's definitely been like the thing that I love, love doing. Um, And I love having the balance of like client work and then also the business coaching um, for other VAs too. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background there. That's that's really cool, Helen. One piece there that I'd love to dig a little bit deeper in on is you were working as an aide and doing clinical hours because your intention was to go to PA school. Uh, And then, and you were doing this blog on the side and that was the catalyst for starting your entrepreneurial journey. It sounds like, talk to me about the inflection point 
when you decided to go all in with an online business versus going to PA school or pursuing, you know, any other type of uh, traditional nine to five? Yeah. Well, so I was actually um, 26 when I got pregnant with Emery. And I don't want to say it was an accident because we, I mean, we knew what we were doing, but at the same time, we didn't think we would get pregnant so quickly, I guess. And so it definitely kind of changed my um, path. So I was, when I was 26 being pregnant, I was thinking about like, well, I don't want to, I was right around the point where I either needed to decide, like, I'm going to apply. I have the hours to go to grad school and like get that whole journey going um, or be able to, you know, go through my pregnancy, stay home with Emery and like kind of create a different path. Uh, it was definitely one of those things where I didn't necessarily have the option anymore to go to grad school financially, because if we only had my husband's income, it wasn't really going to be enough to like support the PA school payments <laughs> at the time. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, you know, all that stuff is not cheap. And honestly, like, I'm so, so happy. Obviously it all happened the way it was supposed to. Um, there's just so many other pieces of my like medical journey and all this stuff that like getting pregnant ended up saving so many things. And one of the things obviously that really changed was my career path. And, um, rather than being kind of like, well, now it's going to, you know, taking it in a negative light, I guess I decided, okay, this is my chance to really dive into creating a business that I've always wanted to have. I just didn't really quite know what it was. Um, and my husband and I, we always wanted me to be like a stay at home mom, quote unquote, if we had kids and, um, his income was enough for us to like get by. Like it wasn't enough for us to live, you know, the high life and go on vacation and buy new cars and that kind of stuff. But it was enough for us to like be fine. And so I actually, I worked up until I had a plan C-section because um, Emery was breached. And I worked up until like the day before <laughs> my C-section. And then I left my job with the thought that like, in my mind, I knew I wasn't going back, but I kind of, I told them like, you know, in two or three months, I'll come back part-time kind of thing. Uh, but I was like, okay, this is my chance of really diving in and newborn life isn't easy, but honestly, like you do have a lot of downtime, like, yes, mm -hmm. you're tired, but like you're nursing a lot. You're up in the middle of the night a lot. I was doing so much research and I would just put my headphones in during those late night feedings and just listen to other podcasts. Um, I took a course on how to be a virtual assistant. And I think the virtual assistant thing kind of started because I saw just other people doing it on Instagram. And it was one of those things where I'm like, well, I, it's not necessarily a passion of mine, but I can definitely do admin work, you know, in the PT office, I did a mix of aid work and front office, you know, referrals and that kind of stuff. And so I had that experience if you, and you really don't even need any type of experience to start as a VA, but, um, so much of it is like self-taught anyways. And so I kind of just dove in, in those early, like newborn days. And by the time she was five months old, I was making around like a thousand dollars per month. And at the time that was huge for us. And it was kind of like, that's plenty. I don't really need to do more, but just with my personality, it wasn't like enough, you know, like kind of <laughs> once you start the, getting the taste of how you can make money at home and how you don't necessarily have to like trade your hours for money. Um, you can be creative with different things that opened up a lot of doors. And so, um, my, yeah, the last two years have been pretty 
crazy growth wise. And I think it's just all accounted to the fact that like, there's so much potential in the online industry. And I think something that's interesting, you've talked about this before with your students and I think on social, but the term virtual assistant can be misleading because what you do on retainer for your clients day, you are a marketing specialist. You are specialized in your field. And so it's not just that admin work. So there is this huge, like kind of, um, you know, bucket in which all of this falls. But when you first started down this virtual assistant route, knowing that you had been planning on going to PA school and that you were very focused on this one path, before we get to your success, I just want to ask, because I feel like this happens for people a lot. Did family or friends like express any concern? Like I know personally, when I told my family, like I'm going to quit my full-time job and I'm going to go, you know, on my own. Some were like, oh yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And then others were like, oh yeah, you'll do it. And you're going to like run yourself into the ground. So I got a lot of opinions from people, but I knew Mm -hmm. kind of like you did when you weren't going to go back to your job. Like I had this like gut feeling. I feel like so many people get stuck at that point. And so I would just love to know, like if you came up against any of that friction with family and friends and how you kind of pushed through that. Yeah. I mean, it's such a tricky like scenario to navigate because obviously, and the I'm very, I guess I would say I'm kind of more conservative in the sense when I coach other virtual assistants in when to leave your full-time job and when to take on your business full-time, I'm very conservative in saying like, I never want you to feel like if you leave your full-time job and you don't make a certain amount of money your first month in your new business, like you're going to be super stressed out and anxious and like, you're not going to be able to make it. I think that type of urgency to some people is amazing. And it really like drives them as a fire under their butts. They need to like start making money. But I also feel like sometimes some of us freeze, like you said, if you're so stressed out about making money that then like the creative, you know, juices aren't flowing and you can't find the right clients. And there are so many things that could go wrong. And so I always like recommend starting it as a side hustle if possible. And then like growing into that business and leaving your full-time job whenever you're at a comfortable, like financial place to do it. Other coaches say the opposite and will tell you just to dive in and you'll figure it out. And honestly, that works for a lot of people as well. Um, but I think like you just have to listen to your gut and what's going to work for you. I was in a place, you know, I guess I can say it's lucky where any extra dollar I made was really beneficial for our family versus, um, it wasn't necessary, I guess. And so for me, I didn't have that pressure that a lot of other you know, people have when starting a business of you have to make a certain amount of money. And that pressure is what really takes the fun out of creating a business. And so I would say, even if it's like, if you want to leave your nine to five, so you have more time and you can take on a nanny job or even like a bartending job or something in the evenings to make up some of that income. So you can still feel comfortable financially. Um, that's worked really well for a lot of entrepreneurs as well. Cause sometimes it's just the, like, you know, having to be somewhere for eight or nine or 10 hours a day, that makes it really draining. And then you get home and you have no energy to put towards um, your own business. And so if your own business is something you really want to create, get creative with like maybe a different side hustle that you can um, supplement with until you feel comfortable that your business is making enough. And really like as far as what other people think, I think it just comes down to like, you really just have to not care. And it's so hard to get to that point, but 
if I've, you know, I've had family members and friends and stuff for sure who had this. I mean, I, I've always been very open on Instagram and I think that's where I get more judgment versus like the online business. Cause now, you know, creating a business online is a lot more popular and well-known, but what I get a lot of, um, negative reaction to, I guess, is how much I share on Instagram. And, um, even in my fitness journey, you know, the pictures I would take, like the workouts I would post all that kind of stuff, like other family members thought it was kind of weird that I was just so open on a social media platform where I didn't know most of the people that followed me. And so I think it's just getting to a point where you just don't care. Um, and the only way to get there is by like starting to not care and to do what you enjoy doing. Cause then like your happiness is above all. And so if you're happy putting up that post or if you're happy creating this side hustle that, you know, other people have no faith in, it doesn't really matter if it goes well or not because you're happy doing it. Um, so I think that's like my biggest piece of advice there is just to get to a point where you're like, I don't care what you think and you can have your judgments and all that kind of stuff, but I'll prove you wrong one day. And that's kind of the fun part is getting to a point where I'm now making more money than my husband. And so anyone that like thought that this wasn't going to work out now knows the opposite. <laughs> so and that for me is fun. That's what I say to my husband. So I'm still, I'm still at that point where I haven't made the decision to leave my full-time job. And I think, you know, it's interesting because obviously I have a 15 year corporate career. I have worked my way up. I have a very healthy salary and it's like free. It's like the golden handcuffs, right? Like I have great benefits. I have a really good salary. Like how do you leave all that behind? Uh, but I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, I will not be at this job on January, 2022. And he's like, okay. I'm like, no, really? Like I won't, like, I will be making enough money to leave this job. Um, yeah. so you just have yeah, to have I that. I think that. like, that's my mindset. Like I, there's no other choice like, yep. mm-hmm. in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about that mentality. And I think it really just depends on like who you are, um, and what job you have. Cause for some of us, maybe the nine to five with the really fancy, you know, benefits and like the comfortable, you know, part of it all is not something you want to leave, but you also just are not feeling like you fulfilled enough creatively. And you want to have that Etsy shop on the side. And I'm like, honestly, there's nothing wrong with having a side hustle and just putting a bunch of money in your savings account or buying yourself a new car. Like I'm very, um, and this probably sounds so bad, but I love buying stuff. Like I truly love online shopping. Oh, Danielle and I do too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, not, I don't feel guilty for feeling that way. Cause I love, you know, I love buying gifts for other people. Like all that kind of stuff is kind of my love language. And so, and the fact that like my husband has a Jeep that he loves to like accessorize and that my income can help him do that. Like that kind of stuff makes me feel good. And it's so silly to a degree, but I'm like, if, if my extra income helps us, you know, be at this point where we can gift more things and I can send my nephews gifts on their birthdays and that kind of stuff. Like I like that. And that doesn't mean you have to leave your full-time job and pursue, you know, being an entrepreneur full-time if you don't want to, but you now have more flexibility because you're having fun creatively and you have more money to play with. Like, I don't think any route is wrong. Um, I, and I think sometimes we just kind of get stuck on this, like, it has to be one way or another, but it doesn't have to be like, there's so much great flexibility these days. 
Yeah. I think you have to be realistic with yourself too. Like I know that I'm not going to stop shopping. So like, I can't leave my job before I replace my income because that means that I can't go to Target and buy random things I don't need. And I like that life. (laughs) Sounds crazy, but I do. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Danielle's actual text to me this morning was, I can't believe you haven't been in a store so long. If I don't go to Target and spend $100 on stuff I don't need once a week, I will go literally crazy. (laughs) I actually love it. Yeah, it's like my de-stressor. I just walk around, see what's new. Yeah. If my husband gets to go spend, you know, a hundred bucks on a golf course on the weekend, then I can go to Target and spend a hundred bucks, you know, yeah, there you go. There <laughs> my you go. hobby. Oh, I love it. And I feel like something that, um, I feel like you hit on when you were talking about, um, just your journey is Danielle, you say this a lot, like we did all the right things and we ended up like, you talked about the golden handcuffs, like we did all the right things. We climbed that ladder, but something wasn't necessarily fulfilling. And what I love about your business journey, um, Helen, is that you're helping people, not only your clients, but other people. Um, I think something that I've noticed being an entrepreneur now, or, you know, being closer to the end product is it's so much more fulfilling because there's not all these layers. I'm seeing the people that I'm having an impact on. And that's like really, really rewarding. So can you talk a little bit about how your momentum, like kind of grew in that? Like you got one or two clients, you really liked it. You were kind of on a roll. How did you scale so quickly in two years to be where you are today? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly like consistency is a huge part of it. And you just like, I think sometimes too, I don't even recognize the fact that I have gotten to this point, you know, and it just sometimes feels a little like surreal in the sense that like two years ago, when I was thinking about where I would be this year, it wasn't at this point. I think I had so many different things lined up for myself at this point. Um, and I think it's just like, the consistency of showing up. So obviously social media is a great tool. I always coach, like you don't have to post every single day and you don't have to put yourself out there, you know, on a crazy regular basis. But I will say like the more open you are, the more that you share on social, the more people you relate to and that, you know, can potentially become clients for you or customers or just great connections that lead to, you know, other people speaking about your product. And then, sharing on their stories and all this kind of stuff. I mean, like the power of social media, I will definitely say I would not be here if I didn't post on Instagram and start putting myself out there on Instagram. Like that's just truthfully, like that's been my biggest marketing tool. Yes. Like email marketing is great, but I've built my email list from, um, you know, social media again. And so it is such a great free tool that I would really recommend. Like if you want to build that momentum, um, it's, it's really important to get there, especially if your ideal client is on there. Obviously, if you have a different type of market, who's not on Instagram all the time, then that's very different. But my ideal client is very much, you know, on social media, especially the clients I work for that are online business coaches or mindset coaches. Um, those are the two that I really help with like their course launches and they're very much present on social. So it's important for me to be there too. And really like the big thing for me that's helped a lot is connections. Um, I, I don't know a lot of people, but the few people that I know are amazing people to know, um, as far as like referrals go. And then also just who have, you know, bigger audiences that have put me in front of their audience as well. Um, making connections with your clients, you know, ideal clients as well. 
So there's just that consistency there. And two, like just asking for um, that exposure. So I have a couple clients who are, you know, bigger on social media and I'll tag them in an Instagram story and they'll repost it on their feed. And that's something that, you know, kicks back to me. Um, but that wouldn't happen if I wasn't just putting myself out there and tagging them as well. And just asking, Hey, do you want to, you know, put on a workshop together? Um, if you have like a mutual ideal client that would benefit from something you both offer. And for example, one of my clients is a fitness coach and she does, you know, pregnancy and postpartum programs for moms. And, um, she also does business coaching for moms. And so the two of us have put on a couple of workshops together that have targeted her larger audience. And I'm not going to lie. That's helped me a lot, you know, in exposure. And so, um, but we wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't say, Hey, like, do you want to put this on together? Here's my vision for it. You know, I'll put together the slides. Um, I'll do all the back end, and we just have to kind of show up and do it together. And it's something that she was totally open to. So again, if I didn't bring that up, like it wouldn't have been an opportunity for me. So I think just like making opportunities out of the things that are right in front of you that might not seem like an opportunity. Um, but people are very open to collaborating these days and putting yourself in front of other people's audiences is like your best bet on gaining new exposure for sure. So I think like that definitely helped with my momentum. And honestly, for the past two years, I've barely said no to opportunities. I've barely said no to clients. Um, now I'm getting a lot more picky with things and I'm, you know, raising my rates and over the last few months have changed a lot of things in my business um, to give myself more time freedom. But honestly, for two years, it's been like hustle and saying yes to every opportunity. And I think that's a little underrated sometimes when people are like, yeah, have your own business. You're going to have all this free time and you know, you'll be able to work when you want and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but it's also a shit ton of work and you really have to put in the time, especially up front. Um, and so I think that's something like, I don't necessarily post a lot about on like, oh, I'm so exhausted or I've done so much today. And I am very open with my routine and my schedule and all that, but you know, I'm up at 5am most days and I'm not just watching TV at that time. So you can imagine what I'm doing. So one takeaway from that, cause you and I have had this conversation before, and I think it's so important for people to know, you talked about you reaching out to other people and kind of sharing with them, Hey, we could do this. This is my vision for it. I think so often people assume someone else is going to approach them and that they're not either good enough or worthy enough because someone else isn't reaching out. But you remind me often you do this in such a respectful way when you reach out to other people and in a really thoughtful way. And half the time, the other person is just so busy and so caught up in that, you know, hustle schedule or just, you know, keeping their kids alive and their business alive that it's a great idea. They just hadn't thought of it themselves. And so always, 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 you know, be willing to make that first, you know, approach them or suggest, because I feel like that's worked out for you in so many different cases. Um, and I love that about you in your kind of quiet confidence. Um, because it's, I think it's really inspiring, but thank you. Yeah. Putting yourself out there. It's really scary at first. And a lot of times you don't think like you're qualified enough, but something that I've said over and over to myself, um, things that I've learned from other coaches that I've, you know, taken their courses and their masterminds and all that stuff is like, you're not taking people from A to Z. You're just taking them from A to B. 
And so as long as you know how to get from A to B and you can teach them how to get there, that's all you need to know. Um, a lot of times we look at this like massive picture of what can we do to help people, you know, be completely successful and do all the things, but there's so many small steps in the process and someone just needs to know how to create, you know, an opt-in form so they can start their email list. Like they don't need to know what to do with that email list or what funnels to set up yet, or like, you know, all the steps on what course to create and all these things, like they just need to know how to go from A to B. And so if you can teach them that, like you're qualified enough for that type of audience. Um, so just keep that in mind as you're growing, like it's, you are qualified to be on a podcast, on a podcast, you're qualified to post you know, a blog post on someone else's website, you're qualified to do an IG swap or maybe do an IG live with someone else. Like, it's just a matter of what you're talking about and what experience you have to get to that point. That's such a great point. I was reading something the other day and I mean, I've heard it a million times, but women, um, men feel confident at 60%. Like they, you know, if they feel like they know 60% of what they need to know to talk about something, they feel confident and women feel like they need to know hundred percent. And this is definitely something that I've struggled with in my journey because I'm moving from corporate software sales to health coaching, um, and helping moms with dinner time. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I need to know everything about everything. Like I need to know everything about, you know, the best carbohydrates, like literally like in my mind, at least at first, I felt like I'm not qualified enough because I don't know literally everything there is to possibly know about eating healthy. And Mm -hmm. it's, I've had to learn over time. Like that was just, that's such a limiting belief. Like I need to figure out what it is that I've done in my own life. Like what transformation have I gone through? And you know, in just talking to people, like not even getting clients yet, but just talking to other moms, I've, it's built a lot of confidence because I'm realizing like, oh, wow, like I have this figured out and not to be like, you know, sound overconfident about it, but like I figured out this small piece that they haven't. And that's really valuable. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think you make a really good point there about like A to B, not A to Z. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and audiences love to grow with you too, you know, and That's why I always, if you can connect your current situation with whatever product or offer you're providing, um, you're going to be a lot more successful than trying to relate to someone that you're not, you know, currently at that situation with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, with my momentum with VA bootcamp, it went from VA bootcamp into membership into mastermind and allowing people who took VA bootcamp a year ago to continue growing with me, you know, into the membership and into our mastermind now. And it's not just a matter of like, oh, just create more and more products. It's creating products that are relatable to the people who have already purchased from you because now those people like you, they trust you. They know that, you know, whatever you create works well for them. And so it's a matter of growing with them. If if I, you know, two years ago would have been like, okay, I have to create VA bootcamp first, and then I have to create a membership and then my mastermind, and then I'll start promoting it. Like that would never have worked because you need that first step in order to start building that audience. And so really like, it's just a matter of kind of diving into where you're at and saying, you know, for you, Danielle, a mom in the kitchen, it's like, here's three easy meals to create, you know, at dinner time. 
and you can use the leftovers for lunch tomorrow. Like that would benefit me. <laughs> I yeah. am, I hate cooking. I'm horrible in the kitchen. And I just love following recipes and other moms who are like, you know, here's a quick reel on the five steps you need to make this meal, put it in the slow cooker in the oven, and then you can be done for the day. Like those are the things I thrive off of. So that's where like you're relating to the me, not to the chef who, you know, needs these like fancy meals. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey for me to get comfortable in the kitchen. I have a post I recently did. It says, uh, not good at cooking is a lie I used to tell myself. And it's so true. Like once you have the right tools and you find the recipes that work, um, it's not hard. It's just, um, simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's not easy, Mm -hmm. but it's simple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And so, and one thing actually that you were talking about with relatability, I just want to echo speaking of your mastermind. So for folks that are listening, I'm actually now in Helen's mastermind program and I don't consider myself a virtual assistant. I consider myself a brand strategist and copywriter, but she provides a container that is relatable. Her journey is relatable. The other women in her program are relatable. And so it doesn't also need to be so logical. I think that's something that I'm learning in my journey is I'm a very logical thinker and it's very black and white and nothing about entrepreneurship is black and white and it's wide open spaces and you can do whatever the heck you want, which is also what makes it amazing. Um, and so for anyone listening, I encourage one of the things I've learned from Helen is like, just think outside the box. You're putting yourself in boxes, but if you just kind of take those chains off, it's amazing what you can make happen um, in the connections that just happen naturally. But one thing that I'm really amazed about is you have done so much in such a short time. And I think your daughter's only in daycare, like two or three days a week, if that. So I would just love to know, how do you juggle everything that you do in a day? Because I don't know about you, but I am... I'm struggling. I'm a hot mess express over here, just trying to make it all happen and sleep um, in the best way possible. It's fun. Um, but I love to hear how other people juggle it. Yeah. I mean, so Emery, um, she goes to preschool Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings now. So when we first started, um, we couldn't get her, get her into anywhere, um, until she was a year old, just because everything is like so booked up. And, um, we, found one spot that was like a perfect fit when she was one. And so for the first whole year of her life, I just worked nap times. And then honestly, in the evenings a lot. Um, and then recently I've over the last like year, I've kind of switched my routine to do more stuff earlier in the morning and have like the evenings to unwind. Um, I was noticing if I was on my computer a lot in the evenings, even if if it was just to like eight or nine o'clock, um, my sleep, cycle was like really messed up and I'd wake up and not sleep great. And so, um, something I did this past year was really shift. If I have to do work outside of, you know, preschool or nap time to do it more early in the morning. So I can actually like do quiet time in the evenings, hang out with Tyler and like not have to stress so much about doing work in the evenings. Um, not to say it doesn't happen sometimes, but it's kind of one of those things where I give myself grace and try to do like an 80, 20 with like everything in my life, healthy eating workouts, dessert, you know, it's all like if 80% of the time I'm good, then I'm good. Um, so I think like the boundaries definitely help a lot. I think honestly, just being honest with yourself and saying I'm, my schedule is going to be crazy for the next year because 
I want to do this right now and I don't have a lot of time, you know, extra time. Um, but I think there's a lot of excuses that come into play too. And I don't mean to sound like harsh with that, but I think sometimes we tell ourselves I don't have enough time, but then we're binging something on Netflix or, you know, going out with friends. Um, obviously like this past year, we haven't had the luxury of going out as much, which I think honestly helped a lot of people with Mm -hmm. their online business time. Yeah. Um, But like, yeah, it's just with anything, you know, like finding the time to do a workout each day, all that kind of stuff. Like you can say, I don't have enough time. Um, but there is a workaround typically. And I think a big thing for me was to, uh, ask my husband for a lot more support as well. Um, especially early on or like the weeks that Emory has spring break or, you know, it has like a week off for teacher trainings or whatever to just say, Hey, can you come home? Like right after work, as soon as you can and take her to the park or something. So I can get like a solid hour before dinner to finish something, you know, and just asking for that support. Um, the other thing is like my sister-in-law is living in town for a couple of months, um, doing like an internship and just texting her to say, Hey, can you take Emory to the park, you know, tomorrow or Friday afternoon? I think it's just asking for the support and you'll be surprised with how many people are willing to help you, especially like family members who love your kiddos, if like, that's what you need help with. Um, and just asking for that help. Sometimes people don't want to like overstep or say, Hey, do you need help? Cause then it makes it sound like you don't have your shit together and they're like, you know, dissing you or something. So I think like just being able to ask for help helps a lot. Um, but gosh, there's so many things I could say on this topic. Cause I feel like I've learned so much in the last two years. I will say one more thing with it is like giving yourself time to de-stress as well. Even if you have a million things on your list and I constantly have a million things on my list, um, to set aside like 30 minutes a day, whether it's for like meditation or yoga or going for a walk. Um, I personally love, you know, hit workouts or getting on the Peloton bike, um, anything like that, just to say, I know I have a lot of stuff to do. I know I have a call in an hour, but I'm just going to set that aside for right now and just put some time to myself. Um, that's really hard for me to do like during nap times or during preschool. Cause I'm like, this is my work time. Like this is when I'm supposed to work, but I'm way more productive. If I just get a little bit of like time in, even if it's like, I'm going to sit on the couch and eat my lunch and like, listen to a podcast instead of sitting at my computer and eating my lunch and trying to get some work done, you know? So, um, I think there's a lot of like little things you can do throughout the day to help but we all have the same amount of time in a day. Like, I think that's something you just have to keep in mind. And we all have crazy schedules. We all have kids who have sports or, you know, appointments. Um, right now I'm in my first trimester pregnant and I'm like so exhausted all the time, but it's just like a matter of somehow encouraging yourself. Like, okay, if I just get this a little bit done, I can, you know, do this for the rest of the day. So. I love that. Yeah. It's funny. I've, um, I've not had a consistent working out schedule or routine since having, uh, my son, which I'm always like, which was like, you know, recently, but it was over <laughs> two years ago now. Um, and I have finally decided to make it a priority, which it's just a mind again, like so much comes down to mindset. It's about choosing that 
saying, Mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be my priority. I know that I will feel better when I'm exercising regularly. It's something, you know, I've always done in the past. So I have to put this back into my life. And you do, you find the time for the things that, um, that you want to do and, and feel like you need to do. So yeah, I like, I like that. And I will say, because I've gotten this question a lot and I think it's funny. Um, and I always have to like tell myself or like say this out loud because people just assume entrepreneurs like, Oh, you just must not sleep a lot. Um, you know, like you must just work all hours of the day and not sleep a lot. And that's why you're so successful. I sleep eight hours a night. Like I literally cannot function if I don't sleep eight hours a night. That's why like the newborn stage was so hard for me because I need like a solid eight hours where I'm like passed out and then I'm great to be like hustle all day long. So I will say like, I do sleep a solid eight hours every night. And so that leaves me with, you know, the rest of the day to do what I need to get done and things always get done. Like it's sometimes you don't envision how it's going to happen, but it always ends up happening and I always get my sleep. And so just keep that in mind, you know, with your schedule, entrepreneurs, like maybe some don't sleep a lot, but for the most part, we actually take very good care of our bodies. Cause at the end of the day, like if you crash and you're just overwhelmed, over exhausted, that doesn't benefit you or your business at all. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great and so fruitful of like tiny and big nuggets of information. Um, one question that we just ask at the end um, of all of our interviews is uh, it goes right along with the title of the podcast, right? So the title of the podcast is a better way. And so for you as a, as a mom and as a, an entrepreneur, how would you describe the better way that you are choosing to financially provide for your family? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it comes down to flexibility for me. Um, I still work a lot of hours in the day, but I'd rather have the flexibility of like taking Emory to the park in the morning and doing some extra work early in the morning or in the evenings in order to actually have that time with her. And I think that's something that like makes me so grateful for the fact that I didn't go to PA school and I don't work, you know, a 10 hour day and I'm not on call to go in for surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Cause like it allows me to actually spend time with my kids. And one of the things I've told myself over and over again is if after all my kids are in school and I want to go back to school and I want to still pursue being a PA, I can, you know, like there's literally no time limit on these things. And so for me in my twenties and into my thirties, the better way is to have that flexibility, even if it means less, you know, downtime in the evenings or waking up earlier in the mornings. But I really appreciate the fact that I can spend a lot of time with my daughter right now. Um, and that to me is like everything. So I love that. I what love a great that note to end on. I know I can totally relate to the, the flexibility that has been the best part, but something that I love that you just said there for our listeners is like, you don't have to have it all figured out right now. Like you can just take it one day at a time, one year at a time. And I think that's really freeing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thank, thank you, you so much, Helen. Um, we really appreciate you being a guest on our show. And I want to make sure if people who are listening want to find you, where can they find you? Where they sh- Where should they go for more information? 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, my Instagram, um, Peterson virtual assistant, that's where I share everything. I have a website with a blog as well, Peterson virtual assistant.com, but, um, really, you know, I have free trainings and, uh, free resources on my Instagram for business owners, as well as for other people who are looking to start a business. So yeah. And I think you have an exciting new version of VA bootcamp launching next month. Am I correct in that? Or sometime in, yeah, sometime so, this early spring, summer? Yeah. In May, I'll be announcing more information, but um, I am having some new pieces to VA bootcamp coming. Um, so if it's something you're interested in, you know, joining, you can send me a DM just to learn a little more about it. Um, I have a free training in my bio as well about VA bootcamp, how it is currently. And then, um, there's me a lot new, a lot more new pieces to it as well with guest expert training. So I'm excited for that. Yay. Well, we'll make sure that we put all that information in the show notes too, so that if folks want to follow along or reach out to Helen, you're able to, but thank thank you. you again for your time today. This was great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. As always, if you have any requests for future topics or guests, just head to the show notes for how to reach us. And if you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you take a second to leave a rating and review. Until next time, mom friends.